1: Welcome to Orioles on the Verge. This is Zach Spedden, joined as always by Bob Phelan and Nick Stevens, And we are going to discuss the Orioles' announcement of their Major League Coaching staff tonight. The bulk of the coaching staff from their successful 2023 season is returning, along with a few new faces. And we're going to discuss that on tonight's episode. But just to kind of look back at some of the moves that preceded this, the Orioles announced fairly early in the offseason that Chris Holt, was transitioning back to a previous role that's going to be more front office based while Darren Holmes would not be returning. They later hired Drew French from the Atlanta Braves to be their new pitching coach at the major league level. And they've now rounded out the staff with a few new names. So Bob, I'll start with you here as you look at the coaching staff uh, that the Orioles have announced, what jumps out at you?
2: Well, I was looking again, just double checking. Now I do not see our buddy justin ramsey on here but uh i think that's probably just because they really value what he's able to do in triple a to get these guys over that last hump but the guy that is the assistant pitching coach is mitch plasmeyer another exciting young talented coach and that's been with the Orioles for a little bit now and yeah exciting to just see someone so young 28 years old and he's a major league assistant pitching coach and I'm assuming, you know, we'll probably either be groomed to be Drew French, who's so old, I think he's like mid-30s, uh, younger than me, but uh, or to be potentially taken from us to be get a pitching coach job somewhere else down the line. But for now, happy to have him. Um, I know he's done a good job of just like roving around the minor leagues and helping guys out. And I think that's kind of what they've zeroed in on here. We saw last year with Cody Ashey, who was doing that for the hitters, Uh, a little bit. And then he got the major league role. So like maybe just get accustomed to as many guys as possible. And, and he'll be a young face, familiar face in the, in the bullpen and in the, in the clubhouse for these young pitchers as they come up. And uh, yeah, I think it's great. I love it. (laughs) I don't know. It's hard to really judge a coach's value, but we know how good the Orioles player development has been on the minor league side. So when they're promoted to the major league side that that makes me excited to see what they can do with more established players.
1: Classmire, not the only name coming out of the Orioles player development system to join the major league staff this year is Grant Anders, 27 years old promoted to become the major league development analyst. Um, actually, that was his previous role this coming year. He will be in the role of major league development coach. He was hired back before the 2020 season by the Orioles. And Nick, when you look at this, it, we've, focused a lot over the years on sort of the continuity that the Orioles keep as the players go from level to level. How important do you think it is for guys like Plasmeyer and Anders to be in these roles?
3: Uh, I got a special shout out for Anders as I learned a little bit more about him today, but uh, Plasmeyer, I think just looking at him first, like in that continuity, that was my first thought. When I saw Plasmeyer's name on the major league coaching staff graphic there, uh, I My first thought was we're going to see more pitching prospects make their way up to the big leagues this year and get their shot. And not in like a we don't need to add top end talent to the rotation because we're going to rely on prospect arms type of way. But we're going to see guys like trickle up, get some spot starts, get some relief outings, start to get their feet wet throughout this season. It is a 162 game season. Injuries are going to happen. These guys are going to get their opportunity. And, you know, Bob touched on some of this as well. Like they brought up Ryan Fuller from AA right when the top hitters started finding their way to the big leagues. And then right as we're starting to look like, oh, we're going to get a big group of guys up to the majors, Kauser, Kerstad, uh, you know, possibly Kobe Mayo. Like there are all these other hitting prospects going to find their way up to the big leagues. Now they're adding Cody Ashey to the major league roster, their major league coaching staff. And it was like, he was, along with Anthony Villa, those two guys were traveling around two, two years ago, three years ago, they were traveling around, traveling around from affiliate to affiliate. Um, and just kind of making sure like everybody's doing their thing, kind of working with everybody in the organization. So they're familiar with everybody. And, and now I think we're starting to see the pitching side of that with Plasmire. He was in that same kind of role, just on the pitching side. He's worked with everybody at every level. So guys are familiar with him and he knows like, when they start making big league appearances, there's a familiar face there in the clubhouse with them. And he knows what makes them tick. He's going to know what can help them refocus. Maybe like whatever the situation may call for. I just think like, I kind of got the visual. I know my son started playing with these toys, like the gears and you put them together and form these, and he's got this big wall of like gears and you crank the handle and they all start going together. It, it takes them a little while to get to that point. It gets really mad and usually throws half of them first, but eventually it gets it. So it's just like 50 gears all going together. Like I feel like that's how the oils are running this organization. It's just all working together, at different levels. And then you're starting to see these guys, these instructors, analysts, whatever you want to call them in their role. They're working with everybody in the organization for a couple of years. And then they bring them up to the major leagues. They get their feet wet. And then the prospects seem to follow them and everybody already knows each other. And that continuity is there that familiarity is there it's i love it honestly that that was my first thought he earned this position for sure but i just i love like how they're
2: treating this coaching staff as well not just the players in the organization and not to be like just swept over chris holt is now he was the major league pitching coach for years now he's going to be roving and telling people, hey, when you get here, this is what it's expected. Mm -hmm. I was literally there. Here's what's going to happen. So you're kind of prepping them in that way. And then when they get up here, it's, I'm already comfortable. I already know Mitch. I already know what he expects of me. We've talked about this. So I just think there's a reason the Orioles have those soft factors going in their favor the last few years, as we've talked about And fun clubhouse vibe. Everyone seems happy and comfortable. And I think this is, I don't know what percentage, but it seems like a decent reason why that could be the case.
1: I want to go back to a comment that Nick made earlier, which is that you have Plasmire at the major league level to prepare for that influx of young pitchers we're going to see in the major leagues. And before anybody says anything, we're not saying that because we don't think or don't want the Orioles to acquire a top-end starter this offseason. But... Let's face it. If you're going to get through a major league season, you're going to need reinforcements out of your minor league level. And so, Nick, I want to go back to that point a little bit. How much, you know, do you think Plasmeier's importance comes into play when you consider that if a pitcher does come up, they're likely going to be coming up for a meaningful game because the Orioles are expecting to compete. So, you come up to start the second game of a doubleheader, or you come up because the bullpen's tired and you need a set of fresh arms. How helpful do you think it is to have? The guy who's familiar with you in Plasmeier, but then someone in Drew France who has been with a winning organization, been with the team that won a World Series, help you adjust that major league. Uh, helped you adjust the major league level.
3: It's like they're covering the Orioles. They're they're covering all their bases here, as far as like, and again, not to take anything away at all from Plasmeier. He has earned his role. He's come. He's got a fantastic resume. I'm sure we're going to see him as some team's pitching coach in the very near future. Uh, someone else is going to poach him. That's I, I, I'm waiting for the moment where he's like, so-and-so organization has hired Buck Britton to be there, whatever, at the major league level. Like These guys are going to start getting poached uh, very soon, not just the coaches, but some of these analysts and everything. But at the same time, like you said, French has been there. He's done it. He's established. He's experienced. And I feel I, – I, I don't know – think I was going to make a point and I'm like I don't I don't like that point but I, I just feel like they're covering all their bases here in that you've got the experience but you've also got like that emotional support as well and just because we've seen it with guys like Grayson Rodriguez right he struggled they had to send him back down to Norfolk I feel like French doesn't know these guys inside and out yes he can be a mastermind pitching coach hopefully he is but he doesn't know the ins and outs of all these guys quite yet especially the younger prospects and so like when Chase McDermott comes up McDermott's worked with Plasmeier for the last year and a half. Justin Armbruster's worked with Plasmeier for the last two years, and so when he comes up, like they know, like I said earlier, they know exactly like how each other, like what makes each other tick, both sides. Because one thing, out one other thing, we know about this organization, it is a two-way street of communication between the coaches and the players. I, Go back to the Drew Rom interview when he was on. And he was like, Hey, I want to do this crazy thing with like this pitch or whatever, right start throwing this pitch. And they were like, Let's talk about it, let's work on this, let's do that. They listen both ways. And so I feel like Plasmire can definitely be like that first listening ear for a lot of these guys. And you talk about like Brandon Hyde being the manager, right? How much of an impact do managers make on a baseball game? I think that's that's debatable. I, I feel like. But I feel like once you get to the playoffs, there are these certain little tiny little edges that can give you an advantage, specifically in the playoffs or in a close series. And I, I don't know. I just get the sense like these tiny little edges like that are going to add up and help this team continue to, to grow and develop at the major league level. Because once again, development
2: doesn't stop once you graduate from the minor leagues. It continues when you're in the majors. Do you, this episode is all about pissing off Orioles Twitter, apparently, because do not tell them. <laughs> That the manager doesn't matter. How else are they going to blame (laughs) every loss on Brandon Hyde? I mean, come on.
1: So Nick, you said earlier you had something you want to talk about Mm -hmm. with uh, Grant Anders. Would that happen to be about Radford, Virginia? Yeah.
0: What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground. Cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers.
3: Uh, uh, Fellow Virginian, good Virginian boy. uh, I know I'm getting older, but I'm starting to accept it. But Anders graduated from Radford in 2018, which is just mind blowing. This guy graduates from Radford in 2018. He didn't play for Radford, but he was the director of baseball operations for a, I'm going to give them their flowers. It is a very good Radford team. Shout out to the Highlanders. Shout out Alex Guerra, their head coach. I hope they have a great year. Then he went to Arizona state for grad school in 2019 and was immediately hired to be the development coach for Bowie in 2020, which we know that didn't have that season didn't happen, but still fresh out of grad school. Like here's the top farm system in baseball go be an analyst for our double a level. And now 2024 season is getting ready to start. And he's on the major league staff. Like, I just think I've said this before. I'm going to keep saying it like Andy Koska, Daniel Allen, tuck John Muley. Where are you guys at? Uh, I didn't, I need deep dive, good profiles on some of these coaches. I think they deserve it because that's, this guy must have a fascinating story uh, to his career path as quickly as he got to the big leagues and the path that he took to get to the big leagues, I think is awesome uh, and really interesting. And clearly uh, the Orioles are, are nailing not only these, we just talked about the young international signings and the young draft picks they're nailing these young coaches and analysts they bring into the organization. They're flying up the ranks, getting to the major leagues and being really successful here in Baltimore.
2: Yeah. Clearly a guy, 27 years old, like all the stuff you just said about him. Clearly this, this guy is just super smart and super useful to this organization they see the value and they're like, well why are we gonna just drag this out and have him go level to level like he's a, a pitching prospect no let's get him right to the majors and let's have him help us out in the major leagues we need that now we are a contender now we want the smartest people in the in the clubhouse in the building at the right time. yeah I don't know much about him in particular, but it's just it just speaks so loudly because there's so many qualified people, coaches in our organization and outside of organization that they could have gone and got. But they saw this young kid and they see the potential and they're like, we're doing this right now. And I just think that speaks volumes.
1: Yeah, as we talk about this, I'm reminded that really the best example of the Orioles' approach to filling out their major league staff um, and the success that they've been able to have in that is Ryan Fuller and Matt Fork-Salty as the two hitting coaches. They will be back for their third seasons in that role. Fuller had been a minor league coach with the Orioles for a few years. Before that, we actually had a chance to interview him back in 2021 when he was with the Bowie Bay Sox. Since we have a moment to talk about it, Bob, any thoughts on the work that those two have done and how instrumental they've been in the Orioles' success at the Major League level? And the fact that the Orioles turned the page after these two guys joined the Major League staff, I don't think it's a coincidence.
2: Not at all. I think, I think you saw... In 2022, a little bit of a slow start. I think you saw the the pains of that was the strike year, right? Where was it? I think 2022. Yeah, uh, I think you saw the shortened spring training and the effect that that had. They didn't, they couldn't contact people outside uh, in the off season until a certain date. The, the spring training was shortened a little bit shorter, and you saw them get off to a slow start as the Orioles did as well. And then from the time Adley came up from May, mid-May, just say June on, it seemed like they the offense got the vibes and and got on the uh the same path. The uh, they leveled their swing path out and they got things going. And then last year I feel I feel like the offense was no, it wasn't top of the league, before a bunch of guys that we didn't really have any true slugger sluggers. Like you didn't have a, a Kobe Mayo or Sammy Basayo yet hitting 30 to 40 home runs a year but they I feel like they were able to really limit the long stretches of of just dreadful hitting the, the like the slumps seem shorter I don't know I haven't gone back and looked at the thing but I just I can see having talked to them both on the show I can see the impact they had for sure uh, to get Austin Hayes in the first half of the past couple of years to be on top of his game they got Ramón Arias hitting the ball harder, lifting the ball in 2022, not so much in 2023. I'm just still really confident in these guys as hitting coaches. Yeah, the the program is working. Like, there, I don't think there's any denying that. Uh,
3: maybe the the specific talent that's in the organization can be upgraded at certain spots, but as far as like the program, I mean, you look at some of the the I'm say worst guys on the roster. Like, they're still great players in, in their own right and serve different roles. But like Jorge Mateo. Yeah, his overall numbers last year didn't look great, but he had a stretch there where he was one of the hottest hitters in Major League Baseball, right? And there was a lot of stories and a lot of credit to the work that Ryan Fuller and Burke Schulte were doing with him. Uh, we have talked about Santander a lot this offseason and his growth. Ryan Mountcastle. I mean, Ryan Mountcastle, I know he had the vertigo issue, so you can kind of you – know, his stats are kind of a little wonky there because of the missing all the time due to vertigo, and I'm sure he, when he came back, still he still clearly wasn't right for a while. But the walks are trending up. You look at the last three years, the walks are going up. The strikeouts are going way down, and he was had a phenomenal run there once he, it was very clear that he's fully healthy and past the vertigo issue. Ryan O'Hearn. Ryan O'Hearn came out of nowhere, joins this ball club – And was one of the most, I think, let's say, not influential. Uh, one of the most critical members, I think, of this roster last year. Jordan Westberg gets to the majors and doesn't really miss a beat. You know, he—I don't think he kind of wowed you in any way, but he didn't have those prolonged slumps and he was just solid when he was up. I mean, we can go on and on and on about guys in the major leagues who have turned a corner. And yeah, guys like Mateo, it wasn't for an extended period where we're saying. Put, you got to push him off shortstop. You got to push him out of the starting lineup. It's like he can please take him out of the lineup at this point. But they're still like had small wins with a lot of these guys last year. I'm anxious to see as some more of the top prospects come up and get more comfortable. Guys like Kowser, Kirschdad, if one or both stick on this organization, what they can do next year in their first full seasons, hopefully. Uh, and then as the Orioles maybe start to bring in some bigger talent to replace guys like Mateo and You know, O'Hearn and some other guys like what is that going to look like? Because a lot of
1: a lot of big wins, I think, as far as the hitting goes at the major league level. Jordan Westbrook had a 7% walk rate in his rookie season, which I don't think is insignificant at all. Yeah, I tend to toss out the strikeout to walk numbers that first year just because the players have to make that adjustment to the major league level. And I think that when you're a rookie and this goes for hitters and pitchers, you're not getting the close calls that you've got in the minor leagues. When you have the human element with umpires, it's still part of baseball in most levels of the minors. But the fact that Westberg came up and, as Nick said, never had a prolonged slump, which is something you saw a lot of in the minor leagues, and had a walk rate of 7%, the strikeout totals were kind of in line with what we've seen from him in the minors. To me, that bodes well for him maybe not breaking out with huge numbers in 2024, but being able to go into next year, knowing what works for him, building on that, and... Having a better season,
2: yeah, yeah. I think he could be, which is why it would be nice to find a suitor for Verne Arias, Because I feel like Westbrook could easily be like the better, younger, more athletic version of Arias, who can also probably play left field at Camden Yards. I mean, he's a really good athlete. His defense at second base was great, but yeah, offensively, like you said, I've I fully expected him to come up and slump for at least a couple of weeks, just because that's kind of been his MO as he came up through the minors, but no, he did not miss a beat at all. I mean, he was pretty much plateau as far as like his numbers and his time at the majors. And and that was really good to see because I know he's going to go into this offseason. I'm sure he's been working hard and he's going to be definitely like a little bit better. I think he's, you're going to see more of that power in game in a uh, 2024.
3: I was going to say one more topic, uh, Brandon Hyde. Uh, let's get into it. <laughs> no, Wait, let's start <laughs> with break Brandon I. <laughs> no I, I just think it's really cool we haven't really seen that much turnover the last couple of years either i think for i know i'm sure we talked about it i kind of assume this is going to happen and i know a lot of other people have social media conversations or whatever have kind of assumed that once the orioles were good again that we'd see turnover we'd see a new manager maybe an older and more experienced manager to lead the way and Brandon Hyde was the fall guy. He took the grenade when this team was really bad, and then he'd be gone. And that's clearly not the case. Like even even the the base coaches, they're returning. I mean, it's very few, very little turnover on this major league staff. And the guy in charge of it all at the top, Brandon Hyde, is still here, and I don't see him going away anytime soon,
2: to be honest. And and I hope he doesn't. Yeah, me either. And I've really expected Freddie Gonzalez to like. Be like, all right, my time here is done. Buck Britton, you're up. But no, he wants to stick around. He, he, It must be just, the. you heard about the clubhouse is great for the players. They all get along. These coaches must be a similar thing. They must work really well together and enjoy it because, yeah, no one's really leaving. We saw Darren Holmes left. Chris Holt was just switched his role. But, yeah, I, a lot of continuity, and, and I think that that's a good thing until they start approaching us.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And Brandon Hyde, deserving of uh, manager of the year last year, excited to see him build on that in 2024. And with that, that does it for this look at the Major League coaching staff. We will be back next week with a rundown of some of the top 100 prospect lists that have been released recently. As they have over the last few off seasons, the Orioles are dominating those lists. We'll talk about that more and possibly other news next week. In the meantime, you can check us out on the multitude of social media channels we have, including Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Threads. Uh, we are also over at Substack stack oriolesontheverds.substack.com. And while you're at it, join our Patreon community for as little as $3 a month. You're going to have access to our exclusive Discord channels for patrons. And then at the 5 and $10 levels, you will have access to our bonus daily coverage, which right now consists of our Top 50 Prospects countdown which are being released day by day. You will not want to miss that. Orioles on the Verge is part of the Believe Podcast Network. For Bob Phelan and Nick Stevens, this is Zach Spen. You've been listening to Orioles on the Verge.
2: Thinking about starting a Mastodon. (laughs) What if you could have a career
0: where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission?